0: Mike Webster, Dermani Dawson, Jeff Hardings, Marquise Pouncy, Mason Cole, good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. That I hope you'll take the time to check out. Today marks day two of the second week of OTAs if you're into tracking that sort of thing. And then again, you are the person who pressed play on a podcast called Daily Shot of Steelers. So I'm guessing that you are. Mason Cole is a very, very good National Football League center. I'm not going to take it further than that. I'm not going to trumpet him as the next this or that. He might be no more than the third or fourth best offensive lineman, ultimately, that the Steelers have. Especially when you consider the addition of Isaac Saumalu, who's widely seen as one of the best guards that the league has. And now, you know, of course, the first rounder as well in Broderick Jones. Oh, and by the way, James Daniels, who didn't allow a sack last season. So maybe it's just between Mason and Chou I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. Of all of the linemen the Steelers employed last season as starters, the one who was the quietest in terms of performance, and that's a good thing at that position, And most consistent from the very, very, very beginning was Cole. As such, I felt, and boy did I not get a lot of support on this, that Cole should have been the Steelers' best hope as a Pro Bowl pick on the O-line. Now, that didn't mean that I felt super strongly that they needed to have a Pro Bowl pick on the O-line. But if there was going to be someone, it was going to be him. Now, I'm going to share with you today a couple of things about Cole. One won't surprise you at all. The other one just might. The one that won't surprise you is this. When I brought up with him at OTAs, just a general question about how he's doing and what he's looking forward to this season, a question that if I'd asked 52 other guys in the room, I probably would have gotten a straight answer about how uh, they worked harder in the off-season, they added a few pounds, all muscle, of course, and they're really ready to da-da-da-da-da. This was what I got from Cole instead. Yeah, I think any year, you have to restart that process, right? Because there's always new guys in the, in, the, in the room. Obviously, guys that have been here, we have a great relationship, but I can always grow more too. But um, new guys, just trying to get them uh, comfortable here. Like, uh, we're all brothers and uh, get them comfortable and get them to do themselves. Uh, it's always a fun process. From day one of last season, and when I say day one, I'm talking about day one of these types of things, the off-season training stuff. He was the spokesman for this O-line group. He didn't want to boast about it. He didn't even want to really acknowledge it. But he was it. A group that had no real voice, the only guy who was coming back who could have spoken for anybody given his tenure was Chooks, and Chooks is just not that guy. Cole took it on himself. Even though... When he came from the Vikings, the contract that he signed with the Steelers looked a little suspect, meaning like they didn't really trust what they were going to get out of him. Two years, 14000000 million. Let's just see what he's got. Maybe he's a backup. Maybe he's a guard. Instead, he arrives in Pittsburgh, and all the discussion about who the center would be between Cole and Daniels, because Daniels could also play that position and did so in Chicago, poof, just went right out the window never happened you never saw daniel snap a football i never saw him snap a football in practice cole was the guy immediately and then he was the guy off the field immediately and i'd like to think that says something about him too and this is the one that might surprise you he really wants to be good don't take that for The obvious thing that it sounds like. He sees himself as having the talent, the potential to be a Pro Bowl center. The first time I broached this with him was, say, fairly late last season. I want to say in Charlotte. I know that it was on the road. Don't remember everything exactly. But his eyes got really wide. Like, you think so? You think so? You think anybody would be talking about me for the Pro Bowl? Yeah, dude, you've been the most consistent lineman in this group. What matters more to a lineman than consistency? Not a thing. You know, there's very, very little splash at that position. They just want you to do all of the little things right 100% of the time. It's all about consistency. Well, he still sees that. He sees that his first full NFL season as a center has made him, naturally, that much better at it. He's learned not just about the linemen around him, not just about the system that he's in, but also about the tendencies of his running back and his quarterback. That took time. All of it took time. And yet he was able to perform at such a level through all 17 games. And by the way, on a really bum ankle that was just not going away throughout the season because the season doesn't give you much of a chance for things like that to go away. 100% now, obviously. And he just kept chugging along. That's that's what you want. And that, by the way, is... Kinda, where some of those other guys in that Steelers legacy of centers made their hay as well. They were just there, quiet, professional, doing their jobs. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello, tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Slim who says, hey DK, is it me or do you think that the inside linebacker room looks a little thin right now? And should the Steelers maybe implement a third man rotation like they do with the edge rusher so they can get breaks and play at a high level because we all know that injuries do happen in the NFL. I agree with every syllable of that, Slim, except maybe the rotation part, but I'll get to that in a second. If you're looking at the inside linebacker room as Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts and dot, 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 then you might, that's just might, be making a mistake. There aren't a lot of conclusions that one can safely draw from OTAs or even unsafely draw. There's just not that much going on. Certainly not when it comes to upfront play. But Mark Robinson has impressed the coaching staff. Mark Robinson has impressed his teammates, and he's been doing both for quite a while. Now, everyone, including Robinson himself, will. Acknowledge the obvious, which is that he is not a completed product. Uh, This is a raw player. That was known to the Steelers when they drafted him. It was stated out loud at the time and even beyond by Brian Flores, who kind of made Robinson his, his pet project. But then you got to see, late in the season, that game in Baltimore. Yeah, it was kind of a gimmicky defense, but... He went out there and did the job he was instructed to do. It was very, very specific, but he was effective at it. Not so much the following week when the Steelers rightly rewarded him with another turn against the Browns, and Cleveland's coaching staff was all over that. Through his way, he had no answers for it. There's a lot of work to be done, but there's also a lot of raw material there. Do not prematurely scratch him off your list. Not that you did. You didn't name anybody. I'm just saying for anybody who's looking at the ILBs, be patient. There might be more than two guys, the two that most commonly get mentioned. Now, all that said, could they add another? Should they add another? I wouldn't be put off by that at all. It's not my salary cap to manage, but I wouldn't be put off by seeing someone who comes in with more of the sideline-to-sideline mindset, uh, busting up screen passes, the stuff that Devin Bush actually did pretty well. Because when I look at this group and I look at their experience, and I'm talking obviously now about the other two guys principally, I don't see ILBs who are going to get gashed. I don't see a situation like when the Steelers brought in Joe Schobert and he just couldn't tackle to save his life. Oh, and by the way, he couldn't do the stuff that he had been doing in Cleveland either, so he just brought nothing. I don't think you're going to see that with Holcomb and Schobert. I do think that you could see an inside linebacking core that's built mostly on those two get exposed and get exposed somewhat fiercely by another team's passing game. Now, you mentioned rotation, and I promised I'd get back to that. Let's not leave out Keanu Neal in this equation, okay? Whether or not the Steelers apply whatever would religiously constitute a three-safety set, and that stuff is still in its amoeba form around the league. The guy who'd be closest to the line of scrimmage in any scenario is going to be Neal, and Neal is a professional tackler, but he's also got the mobility to move around, help out in coverage, and, yeah, cover a tight end. Can he do the sideline-to-sideline thing? Can he cut off screen passes? I don't know because I don't know what they want from that third safety, but I do know that Neil is going to be involved in this even though he's not listed as an ILB. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers and we'll do another one of these tomorrow.